It's no secret that North Seattle is thriving, but it's easy to see it's trailing behind more popular neighborhoods and infrastructure. Nate Strong hopes to change that. Nate is a Seattle transplant and digital marketing guru who cares deeply about his community of North Seattle. By day, Nate works as a customer success team lead at Sucedo, a marketing technology company in Seattle. And by night, he's the owner and blogger of OurNorthSeattle.com, a North Seattle community blog that has blown up in popularity by focusing on infrastructure issues, local politics, and economic trends affecting North Seattle. In this episode, we discuss the Seattle tech marketing scene, North Seattle hacker commutes, and how Nate's community blog, OurNorthSeattle.com, is activating North Seattleites to engage in local issues. Welcome to Rise Seattle Podcast, a podcast about Seattle, the people, their stories, and Seattle's future. Here's your hosts, Phil Greeley and Tyler Davis-Jones. I am Tyler Davis-Jones. And I'm Phil Greeley. And we're here with Nate Strong. He leads the customer success team at Sucedo, a marketing technology company that helps B2B businesses discover, engage, and qualify prospects through social media to increase revenue at scale. Fancy. (laughs) Uh, He's also the owner and blogger of OurNorthSeattle.com, a North Seattle community blog that serves to promote interaction between neighbors and encourage engagement in local life. Nate is the former student body president of Seattle Pacific University, and he's an avid skier and expert in all things digital marketing. Go to his Twitter and check it out. What don't you do? Yeah, right. Uh, he's also an things. he's also an avid aviation geek as well. That's true. So, Nate, thank you so much for joining us, man. Yes, yes. Thank you for having me on the on the show. It's gonna yeah. be fun. So, tell us your backstory. How did how did you end up in Seattle? You're not from Seattle. Yeah. How'd you end up here? Yeah, you know, and I've heard Seattle's a, a, a city of transplants if you will. So I'm, right. just, I'm just one of those, right? You're a statistic. Um, I'm, I'm totally a statistic. Um, and basically, so basically I was born and raised in the Washington, D.C. area. So Montgomery County, Maryland was where I was hail from. Um, my dad was uh, a professor at Wesley Theological Seminary in downtown, D- well, in northwest D.C., which is on the American University campus. Um, and he has his PhD in church history, which is, sounds really obscure, but that's what he did and he loves it. Right. Um, and he worked there for 18 years. My mom worked for the public school system in, in Montgomery County as a librarian. And, um, all of a sudden one day my dad says, Hey, you know, I'm thinking about moving out to Seattle. A friend of mine called and said, I'm going to, you know, I want you to be the Dean of the school of theology at, at Seattle Pacific University. Wow. And, uh, and I said, <laughs> absolutely not. And I was in 10th grade, so I was like, there's no way I will ever move out to Seattle. Not even close. And so my parents, we came out here, we visited. I was mad. I was like, I don't want to do this. I was a 10th grader, right? And, um, and they said, nope, we, we want to go. We want to move. And so my parents and I worked out a deal where I would stay back um, for two years the first year, my mom and I would stay back. We would prep the house, would sell it. It was 2007 at the time, so it was actually a good time for us to, like, take some time to sell a house. Right. Um, and then the next year, I would stay with friends. And that way, I could complete my high school career and then go to college where I wanted. Um, and so 
I ended up through that time flying out to Seattle a lot and started to really like the city and realized that SPU was a good school and had a good student government process, good econ, good poli-sci program. So I ended up going there um, and really, really loved it. And um, by the time my sophomore year rolled around in college, I was like, I don't really want to leave. Right? <laughs> I was I was like, I like the skiing is great. The mountains are awesome. I love the weather. I love the city. I love the culture. So freshman year, you were thinking like, oh, I'm going to go back home right. once this is all over. Right. You, yeah. you asked my friends, they would be like, oh, yeah, you came in with a chip on your shoulder. Like, <laughs> I'm going to leave, right? And I was like, no. Yeah. So, so, yeah, so I, I stuck around and um, got a job out of college at a startup in Seattle and then now work for Sozito, which is another startup in Seattle. And, um, and I love it. I mean, it's just a great, great city. I'm proud to be call it home. Um, and, uh, and I'm uh, glad that I can be a transplant and still feel like I'm, you know, still a Seattleite. Yeah. I, I know some native Seattleites are like, no, but you know. I feel like the Northwest does that to you. You kind of don't know where it is at first if you don't live here. Right. And then you show up and it just like, you fall in love with it from it, yeah. everything it has to offer. The secret's getting out there. I mean, I'm, I, my <laughs> story is very similar, yeah. right? Right. Um, and, and I will tell you, I was just my brother was just in from Denver, and he brought his friend, and she was like, "I've never been here, but this is amazing. Mm, this is amazing." And mm-hmm. I was like, "Yep, welcome to Seattle." Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Okay, so what uh, what neighborhood do you call home? Yes, I am a resident. Well, so when I got here, I was Queen Anne, Magnolia, Ballard. That was my l- place, right? And then through some circumstances, I actually ended up moving up to Lake City. Um, which at first I was like, eh, whatever, Lake City. And then I started realizing how awesome Lake City is. And it gets a, like, it, it gets a bad rap sometimes, and I, I don't understand why, because I think it's a fantastic place. Yeah, because you don't hear that very often, mm-hmm. awesome and Lake City put no, together. No, and I just think the people are more real up here um, uh, in, in some ways. Um, not You know, that's, that's terrible for Queen Anne. It's not, I love Queen Anne, I love Magnolia, I really love Seattle, but I just think that people are, it's a little more... Uh, you get the wider house plots, you get the the families, you get the, um, it's a little slower of a pace up here, but you still get the Seattle living and mm-hmm. the, you know, bus system and the, the you know, the activities and everything, something's going on. So I really love Lake City. I, I'm kind of passionate about North Seattle, Northeast Seattle, and specifically Lake City and, you know, how we can make Lake City um, better and mm-hmm. continue to improve that corridor, so... Great. Cool. Well, we want to talk a lot about your work on the North Seattle blog, OurNorthSeattle.com blog. Yeah, sure. But before we get there, tell us about your day job. What keeps you busy um, day to day? Yeah, so I um, I work uh, with all of – so basically our sales team at Socito sells the product that we have to new customers. And once they sell them, then it comes to my team um, and we manage those customers. Um, we're a SaaS product, so software as a service, which means that we are in a monthly recurring revenue model. And so our job is to literally make our customers successful with our product. What that means is um, we want them to ultimately stick around, increase their their spend with us, and and refer us to other people. So that means that we we have to make them successful, right? And so we're a very customer-driven company because we know that a successful customer means a successful business, and mm-hmm. that is where we start everywhere. So that means that um, the product team, the engineering team, is always, I'm always talking to them, right? Okay, how can we improve this experience for our customers? That's where they start. 
Um, they, they, uh, I, I have a voice in a lot of things in the company because we start again with the customer, but ultimately I work mainly with our customers. So whatever means necessary, does that mean I'm talking to them on the phone, Skyping with them, going to visit them, um, depending on, you know, on who they are and what we're doing with them, you know, sometimes I'll go see them in person. Um, if they're here, obviously I'll definitely go and see them. If they're elsewhere, I'll, I'll try and plan a trip. Um, Who's a typical customer? Of yeah, Cicido? great, great question. We literally range from Microsoft and Lenovo, uh, and now Google, <laughs> all the way down to one-person shops. Right. right. So we, so I work with people at every step of the their business stage and life cycle: new businesses, startups, old businesses, established enterprises and that I mean it's a lot of fun because every day is a new type of conversation and a new stage at which I get to advise and consult on digital marketing right which I love I love digital marketing so to pause you there if yeah. if um, technology is often a complicated thing right but if you could boil down the core product that Sosita offers what would that be yeah so what the core product is basically we take social data and inject it into your b2b funnel so we put our lives on social, right, um, and, and our work on social. And uh, what our philosophy is basically, can we take that, that data that we're seeing from, um, from social media and put it into your marketing system, whatever that may be? Um, now, we work with mo- mostly people with actual built-out marketing automation systems like software like Marketo, HubSpot, uh, Eloqua, Salesforce. And that's kind of our, our major target. Um, so how can how can we take leads that are on social or your existing leads and in, either make them leads in your system or accelerate your existing leads through your system based on their social actions? Okay. So that's what we do. Cool. Yeah. And <clears throat> for for a business, when a business engages with Sosedo, Sosedo yeah. and uh, and uses your product, uses your services. What would it practically look like on a day? To, like, how does it help them? How does yeah. it um, literally, like, if you have a one-man flower shop, is mm-hmm. that a potential customer? Or? Um, we could work with a flower shop. We would mainly <laughs> work with, uh, like, a marketing agency. Okay. If it was a one-person marketing agency, um, they, we, have an, we actually have an agency partner program, which yep. is a, a great way to, to engage with us at that level. Um, so, that, you know, they would engage with us and say, look, we need to generate new leads, yep. right? And we think that another channel would be social, right? And then we would essentially take them and run them through um, an onboarding process where we would discover what their goals are, what their sales process is, what yeah. their marketing process is. And we would say, all right, you know, we're going to set up our software in a way that's going to help you achieve those marketing and or sales goals. Gotcha. And then we would review that and, and try and check in with them to make sure that, you know, um, that they get, uh, they achieve those goals, right? That they they get, you know, okay, you got a certain number of leads, right? If you're a larger enterprise, like Microsoft or um, or Lenovo or one of those, then you're going to engage with us at a different level, probably, where you give us lists of thousands, if not millions, of leads, and um, that are already in your system, and say, look, how can we maximize the value of these leads that are sitting in our database? Because it, most leads in marketing databases right now, today, 
are just sitting there, mm-hmm. the vast majority. And so what we do is we say, look, if we can increase this, if we can see a small, even a small inflection, because ultimately you're going to only close on average 1.2% of leads into an actual sale. If we can make that 2% or 3%, I mean, that would be huge for right. businesses, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so that's that's the level that we engage at with with some of our larger customers. Um, so Cool. So. Cool. And I noticed perusing the website, there's a free trial. So if there's a small business out there, mm-hmm. um, visit the website. Can you give us the URL for that? Yeah, it's just socedo, S-O-C-E-D-O dot com. Okay. Um, yeah, so any uh, any business that sells to businesses, really, okay. yeah, go, go ahead, start a free trial. Um, uh, you'll get to, uh, probably talk to our sales team and they sit next to me and they're, they're great people. So, cool. um, so it's great. They're a lot of fun. So, um, <clears throat> I come from a digital marketing background. Um, and I, what I noticed in my past experience, my past life, uh, was the culture of digital marketing here in Seattle is robust. Um, it's exciting. You know, you have like Moz, uh, like MozCon, right. uh, you know, obviously Socito. there's all these different companies that are innovating and doing some really cool things right. with digital marketing. So uh, can you speak to that? What is that like? Uh, you know, it, does this seem to be the place to be right. when it comes to digital marketing? So, I mean, in some ways, yes. I mean, you think Moz, you think Visible, uh, Simply Measured, Socito. Um, there's, a, there's a bunch, and that's just the ones that I can think of off the top of my head. Um, the, um, uh, actually, Matt Hines from Hines Marketing. There, he's on the agency side, but he's he's a uh, he's really really on the cutting edge of B two B marketing, B two B digital marketing, and that's where I would say. And maybe it's because I'm biased in this space, but I think that we have a real niche here on the B two B digital marketing side. And you'll see that with Moz, they do SEO, although that you know they do B two C stuff, but. Um, they work in, a lot in the B2B space. Um, uh, Simply Measure, they, they do B2C, but they also do B2B. Um, Visible's more B2B, we're B2B, right? And so you, got a, you get a lot of that um, here. Obviously, we are dwarfed by the Bay Area, for mm. sure. But you, th- you, look at, you look at publications like um, GeekWire, right? Which is a big, yeah. you know, they're a big deal, right? And you, you see... There's a lot of um, there's a lot of energy in Seattle right now around how can we be how can we be a better startup or tech tech hub right just a, a better tech hub and we are dominated by Amazon and Microsoft really in the tech world right that's just how it is um, but there's all these like little startups that and and bigger startups that you see coming out of Seattle that are really changing the game, right? Um, you know, DocuSign is from here, right? Mm. They have major offices in San Francisco, but they're from here, right? Um, Avalara, uh, Porch.com, Tableau, Tableau right? Yeah. So th- as a tech hub, we're really, really trying um, to be something that that we are, uh, you know, a, a, a major tech hub, and I really think that we are. Um, but we're also, you know, we also don't, I don't think we want to be the Bay Area, if you mm. will, right? Because that's its own culture. They're right. their own people. Now, I go down there, and they're great, you know, but that's its own. I don't think we want to be that, right? right. And I think that's the goal of things like Geek What Water. is it that we don't want to be? You know, I think that there's a, there's a culture in the Bay Area that if, 
you're that you you're just a part of a startup, right? That's just how it is. Or or you're part of a tech company. Um, I think in Seattle there's a lot of tech, but you um, you're not expected to be a part of mm-hmm. tech, right? You're expected you're you're expected to be a part of the community. I think first, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and so maybe I and I'm kind of verbally processing here. Sorry, but it's more like um, and DC was like this. You know, you ask what you do before you ask who you are, who you right? Are. Mm. And I think that's not, you know, San Francisco is a great place again, and I really love it down there. It's beautiful, and the people are great. But the, it's more, I think, you ask who, what you do and then who you are, right? Up here, it's who, who you are and then what you do, and you want to, I think people here try to mesh those as much as possible. Yeah. Like, I am, I am who I am because of what I do, and I what, do what I do because of who I am. And it's really, yeah. you know, trying to, that whole work and life balance, but also really trying to make sure that you love your job, you, you mm-hmm. know, and um, that would be my, like, yeah, just my initial impressions. It could be wrong. There. Well, it's interesting because the parallels of San Francisco and Seattle are talked about more than ever these right, days, right. and so it's right. just always interesting to hear it from the tech perspective right. as well. Yeah. Right. Uh, and oh, I will say this, too, from a, from a data yeah. perspective, uh, we have more loyal employees. It's a cheaper cost of living. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, it's, moving up, obviously. It, yeah, that, yeah, it's true. But still, we are yeah. we are to be honest. The the problem with Seattle right now is that we don't have as much venture capital as San Francisco. Right. Mm. Otherwise, we would be. I mean, we just the the talent pool is here, and they're they're more loyal and they're cheaper to hire than in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. Um, we just don't have the venture capital. So what you see often happen, and GeekWire has a list of all these is. All of these Bay Area engineering outposts are here, right? Facebook's, I think their second largest office is here, and they're expanding, they're doubling, mm-hmm. right? Um, Snapchat, uh, you know, uh, Twitter has an office. Everybody has an office here, it feels like. And that's because of those reasons. But they have the money from the Bay Area investors um, to do that, to hire people. And so what they realize is they can do, they can get more loyal and and cheaper employees here than um, who are probably happier quality of life because mm-hmm. Seattle, I think, has a little bit of a higher uh, rating on that. So yeah, interesting. Yeah. So you're putting in the hours at, at the startup. Mm-hmm. Um, you're probably working hard at what at your day job. I try. <laughs> <laughs> and um, but in the midst of that, you launch a, a hyper local community blog. Right. So that's um, let me get this right. It's ournorthseattle.com. That's correct. Yeah. Focusing on North Seattle. So tell us what led you to start that, and then what's the vision behind it? Yeah. So I had, you know, I've always liked writing, right? I really do, and I don't have an outlet to do that really. So occasionally I'll like write a blog for work, right? Um, uh, and, uh, and, and that's fun, right? And I really like that. And my marketing team is always like, yes, write a blog. But then I get busy and, you know, I can't, I can't do that on the regular, right? Because I, I work with customers mainly. Um, but um, so I started there and I moved up to Lake City and I moved up to North Seattle and I was like, uh, and, and that was right as the redistricting of Seattle or the districting of Seattle actually happened where we said, okay, we're going to elect people by by their district, not by their, um, by their, uh, just at large, which is what we were doing. And I was really for that. And then I got up here and I realized, oh my goodness, there's 
huge reasons why we did that that ha- that directly impact North Seattle, right? So one of the big things that you see, and I wrote a blog about this, and we'll probably talk about it, is the is the sidewalks, right? One of the reasons why we have no sidewalks in North Seattle is because we've never really had good representation on city council. And we were annexed in the like 50s and 60s from just unincorporated King County into Seattle. And they just said, here we go, more tax revenue, sweet. And that happened. That's just how North Seattle became North Seattle, right? now and then and then shoreline was its own thing they were just like oh we're going to be our own thing but we're going to have our own government and it's all going to be representative of shoreline so they have like really nice infrastructure in north seattle kind of get left behind so you look at this districting and i moved up here and i was like there's been a lot of like neglect in mm. some ways just because it's you know you you often have working families and stuff like that like both parents working and you know, it's more family-oriented, so they're not as... And it's a little farther away, so they're not as directly, like, politically involved. And because of that, we get left behind. So because I love politics and I love the local environment, um, I kind of said, hey, what if I wrote about what's going on in, in North Seattle? Because there was nothing, right? And it did... It got a lot more attention than I thought it would, right? Like, I thought, oh, you know, I'll just write a little bit about North Seattle and I'll get, you know, a couple people to, you know, read every week and then it'll grow slowly. Maybe I'll add some writers. No, no. It was like a thousand, you know, visitors a week, right? I'm like, oh my goodness. And I was like writing every day and I had to dial back on that. And so it was, it was like more successful than I thought it would be. Um, if you can count that as success, right. But, um, but that's what, that's what led me to start the blog is really this, this, almost dearth of attention that North Seattle was getting at the political level and then also my desire to write, right? I just love yeah. writing, so. Cool. So let's qualify North Seattle. Uh, are we are we talking, you know, Golden Gardens to Matthews Beach, you know, and then like a certain maybe 145th is the cutoff yeah. or kind of what? Where, where are we at? So I typically say D5 is North Seattle, so District 5 okay. is, is, a, is a good uh, – They've already d- Seattle's defined the boundary, right? So, so what Deborah for someone Hora who doesn't know, yeah. so for someone who doesn't know District Five, right. uh, give us some geographic right. parameters. So if you think about north of uh, north of eighty fifth, okay, uh, uh, and then east of that, all the way up to one forty fifth, okay, uh, and sorry, north of eighty fifth and east of Greenwood, uh, all the way up to one forty fifth, and then. North of, and I'm going to get this cross street wrong, it might be, you kind of, there's a line up Greenwood, and then 95th, I believe, is all the way over to the west side, and then north to 145th. Okay. So there's, it's just this like, almost square, but it cuts off a little corner at Greenwood. So I always say, you know, when I go to Naked City Brewery, like, I'm in my district, and when I'm across the street, I'm not, right? So because mm. of that that weird line. But so the, the green bean's not in your district? Uh, the green bean is not in my district, I don't believe. Okay. Yeah, so so that's... that's the, <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, okay. So. But that's what I would t- typically consider North Seattle is everything... I kind of... I think the 85th line is a good one. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. um, but there's that little jog up there, so... Well, speaking of sidewalks, that's kind of where the line of demarcation is, right. is 85th. Right, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So do you see North Seattle having its own identity or is it little pockets of neighborhoods, kind of like you have your Wallingfords and your Fremonts? and Right. Yeah. I mean, yes and no. Um, obviously, Seattle's a city of neighborhoods, 
um, I think it was Greg Nichols who said that. Mm. Um, and basically, you know, you have pockets everywhere. Um, and you have people who, who believe that, um, you know, certain neighborhoods are neighborhoods and certain aren't, and there's defined ones. You know, I read about the Bryant neighborhood. Some people think it's a fake neighborhood. It, it's a real neighborhood. But, um, but all that to say, I think North Seattle is, as a whole is very, you can kind of generalize it as like, again, uh, the, the blocks are a little wider. Um, uh, I think that it's, it's one mile per 10 blocks south of 85th and it's one and a half miles per 10 blocks north of 80 or something like that. I don't know the exact number, but you get larger plots, you get, right. uh, that the, the, the larger, uh, blocks there. I mean, that's exactly why my wife and I moved to Wedgwood, right? Right. You get huge, the, huge plot of land, right. more affordable, good school districts. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you, so you have that, just that, you know, physical property of North Seattle, the um, I think that the community has been, you know, you look at um, downtown Magnolia or downtown Queen Anne or downtown Ballard or something like that. Those are more built up, and I think that there's just been a lot more energy put into those mm-hmm. than maybe downtown Roosevelt, right? Or uh, I mean, downtown Lake City is pretty pretty well built and uh, and great, but you know. Um, there's still a lack of sidewalks, right? Right. So, so you see that, and I think that there's just some of those themes that we could improve on. Um, in terms of, but then you have the individual neighborhoods, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Sandpoint is, is you, you have a lot of those windy streets, right? And, and the views out on Lake Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, you have, uh, you know, Wedgwood is, is you know, those larger plots of land, uh, Lake City is Lake City, you know, car dealerships and and stuff like that. Um, and by the way, the Pierre family is is a great family, so mm-hmm. I I think they're fantastic and they're really really good for Lake City. Um, and and then you get Northgate and and um, and uh, Crown Hill and all that, right? So they all have their Bitter Lake. They all have their unique identity, but I think that North Seattle as a whole has this kind of. Um, a little less centralized feel mm. uh, than than the rest of Seattle would, mm. right? Do you think that affects the makeup of the the vibe, basically? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would say that we we up here are a little less. Um, uh, we're probably a little more tied to our cars than we would be down south a little bit. Um, we are probably. Um, more family centric, right? You know, you'll find a lot of young professionals in Ballard, probably a lot more families, built out families here. Um, uh, so there, I think, you know, stuff like that is, is where you'll see the difference in yeah. culture, right? Just because it's, you know, it's like what Tyler said, you know, I think he's a good example of a North Seattle resident, right? Wife, one kid, wanted a larger plot of land. I think that's what attracts people about Lake City, yeah. about Lake City, about North Seattle mm-hmm. overall. Um, you live in Wedgwood, so right. Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about content. What type of stories do you feature on the blog? Um, what's yeah? What's your goal with with your writing there? Yeah, I mean, I really want to. Um, it's a it's a principle in in digital marketing and content marketing. Give the people what they want, right? Um, so what, what do people want? And, uh, and essentially what I've seen is 
local, uh, you know, political action stories, right? Like, hey, we don't have any sidewalks. What can we do about it? Um, or like the 130th Street infill station for light rail. That was a big deal. Uh, local news. Hey, you know, Sandpoint Way is going to be closed. Uh uh, uh, there's also business profile features, right? Um, you know, so, uh, uh, Finney Neal is a tax, uh, company, right? They're actually my accountants, um, in, in North Seattle. Should we do a profile of them, right? Uh, uh you know, d- we did one of Tyler actually, um, Hellbent Brewing, right? Um, there's all sorts of things that we can do there, um, and then, um, and then community events, like we want to be a presence at community uh, events. So, um, again, telling the people what they're, what's going on in North Seattle, both from like a long form content way, which we'll try and do once a month. And then also from a short, just like, here's what's going on. This is what's going on today or this week. or But not so much breaking news. It sounds like, you know, there, there, I hope to have an element of that. I don't think we have the resources yet for yeah, that, mm-hmm. but it's not, I mean, breaking news, right, a fire or a, you know, police incident or something like that, that I feel like is more towards the King Fives and the, you know, Seattle Times. They'll cover all that, right? Yeah. Um, I think that we, I want to I wanna promote the community, right? And so if there's a fire or a, uh, or a, or an, an incident or something like that, I'd like to focus on how can the community help us uh, help rebuild, right, or help us move forward from that incident. Less on the actual incident, more on the what, what can we do as a community mm, to come right. together. Going so, deeper. Yeah. Right. Now, if we end up adding breaking news, I mean, that will be as a necessity to keep people informed. Right. And maybe it'll be through social or something right. like that. So, right, right. Yeah. Okay. Um, speaking of political, uh, a- as a North Seattle resident, someone who is very interested in getting some sidewalks because I go on my run every morning and at least once a week, I'm almost hit by a car because I'm in the middle of the road. Uh, Is there a tangible action item, a tangible action step that North Seattleites can take in order to get that activated? Yeah. um, So who is the representative for District 5? It's Deborah Juarez, and she's great. She knows that sidewalks are, like, a huge problem in North Seattle. I've talked to her about it, and she she absolutely says that. Um, the problem is sidewalks are really expensive. Mm. Yeah. They're, like, I read somewhere that they're, like, because of there's a lot of regulations about how they should be built, which are, are all real and tangible. And then you also have to get the right of way, and you have to build I mean, it's it's a long process. Imagine all the houses that would be affected oh, by yeah. that. And, yeah. and, you know, even, like, down to Comcast, right? Their, their right. boxes and the electric, sewer you know, Seattle yeah. City Light. There's a ton of stuff that goes into just building a sidewalk. So the problem is people you know, want sidewalks, but they're just expensive to build and take a long time. So it is it is a slow process, right? But what, and this is politics, right, for you, what we have to do essentially is keep being the thorn in the side, right? Is say, look, at, we, show that map of like the missing sidewalks in mm-hmm. Seattle, which is on the blog somewhere, right? Just keep bringing that up, right? Have the conversation every month, every quarter, every year. And so when we elect people, our representatives and those at-large representatives that we actually vote for, make sure they address that, right? Mm -hmm. Like, how are they going to move this forward? And so that's not going to mean that we're going to get a all-in-one package that builds every sidewalk. But you think about... um, 
uh, was it Move Seattle that just happened? There was they had a dearth of sidewalks in that plan. It was uh, I think nine hundred some a million dollar plan for developing infrastructure in Seattle, and we now have representation and we fought in North Seattle and said, no, we need more sidewalks included in that. So it's not going to solve every problem, hmm. but we're, it's a step in the right direction. So as we continue, and actually there were not a lot of restrictions on that mm-hmm. bill that was passed. So as we continue to move forward and we continue to try and be less car driven in this city, mm-hmm. we in North Seattle need to always be on that, yeah. you know, calling Deborah, calling our two at-large representatives, mm-hmm. um, which Tim Burgess is now retiring, um, but uh, but we always need to be calling them and, and, and making are, sure. Are there like levies that we could, you know, like can you fundraise for something like this? I, you know, and... and I'm not the expert in this, so I won't. I, you know, I need to. I need to do a lot more research on how we could uh, do that. And I'm sure there's some people who really have more to say about this than I do. And I'd be happy to send me an email. Um, but uh, you know, there's always some sort of tax or levy or something like that. But ultimately, the problem with our system here is that in Seattle, we are limited by the state to only level levy a certain number of taxes, which is pretty standard. But the but the problem is that we levy taxes uh, in the form of sales and property tax and mm. B&O tax. And to be honest, uh, those three are probably the uh, some of the worst ways to add net new taxes to people and businesses. And I'm getting political here, so apologies. But it's fine. B&O, and you guys probably know this this game, if you lose money, if you make money, you still pay tax. It doesn't matter. You still pay tax. And I've paid B&O tax on businesses that I've owned, even when I lost money on that business. It's just how it works. So that's B&O. Sales tax is uh, great for the rich, terrible for the poor. And property tax is like, okay, but it still gets passed through to renters and such like that. So, um, so it's harder... You know, as we scale our population, for us to rely on taxes that essentially uh, re- rely on lower income businesses and lower income people to bear the burden of most of the tax, yeah. right? So those are the limitations. Now, can we work within that? Yes, absolutely. And actually, I should say some of the other things that we can do are like car tab fees and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, you know, it's complicated. The other thing is if it was a measure, you know, and it was specifically for North Seattle, it would probably have to go to all of Seattle. Right. And then, you know, n- people in White Center aren't going to care about right. sidewalks in North, North Seattle. Seattle. Right. right. So yeah. complications there. It's really, I think it's the city budget and, and overall levies mm. level. We have to make sure that when we do these things, we include line items for sidewalks in North Seattle. Right. So, right. Okay. Let's jump ahead uh, yeah. to future. So where do you see North Seattle going? Um, and to give context, we we just interviewed Kelly Doyle, excuse me, Dole, who owns Growler Guys on Lake City Way. Cool. Uh, they recently just launched uh, this past month. They're doing amazing things. And that's kind of a... Um, at least that's the that's where I want to see Lake City going is right. like it's still got character it's not Ballard it's Lake right. City right it's still right. North Seattle so where do you see North Seattle heading um, in the future and what's your hope well you know you look at Growler guys you look at places like Hellbent you look at Beer Authority you look at 
um, Elliot Bay. Elliot yeah. Bay. Yeah. You look at um, even Naked City, um, uh, uh, Roosevelt Ale House. You know, I'm I'm just trying to name places that I go to. Right. Right. Um, you look at those. Those places are packed. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I think about Hellbent. Right. They are. That is a successful business. It is packed like every night. Yeah. Right. No. Or problem. even during the day. I've or gone. I've gone. I've gone there to like work at times. And, you can't and find yeah, a seat. you can't find a seat. Which is awesome because those guys who are doing that uh, brewery, they're great. They're local business owners. They believe in North Seattle and Lake City, right? And I just, by the way, I just take Hellbent as an example because it's like I can walk to it from my house and do, <laughs> um, uh, and uh, because it's great because you can drink beer and just walk back. It's great. Right. Um, and so uh, the, the Hellbent is a microcosm, I think, of where we're going with, with North Seattle in that we're developing more culture up here, and we're going to need more businesses like Hellbent, like Javasti, uh, like uh, Cloud City Coffee, like uh, Roosevelt Ale House, that are centers of the neighborhoods that we have, but that can handle the capacity, right? Mm-hmm. Because we're even Elliott Bay, right, is booked, you know, packed the gills and Hellbent at the same time, right? So that says to me, there's demand here in North Seattle for more cool places like those, right? Mm. So I think we're going to see an increase in those businesses, those types of businesses, which may initially seem like competition to established businesses, but I actually think that there's a need for just because I think they're packed, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, one time I waited for a table at Toyota Sushi for like an hour, right? Because it's really good sushi and everybody knows that, but it's, it, it's people, everybody wants that, yeah. right? So so how do, we, how do we manage that growth? But how do we also, you know, like, I love Hellbent, so I don't want, you know, Hellbent to be like, oh, another brewery on Lake City Way, oh no, right? But there might be a need for some more other, like, uh, culture, restaurants, uh, coffee shops, breweries, and things like that, just because there's a high, high demand. Right. Right. Um, so, so that's my thought. Where we're going is is more. I think more in the like food, beverage, uh, you know, hangout spots that we'll start seeing um, uh, in in North Seattle um, that will that will start popping up more and more. I think that's where where we'll go. Where families can go, they can bring their dogs, they can bring their kids. Yep. Um, uh, and and that's what we'll, I think that's where we're going right now. Cool. So, one of our primary goals on the Rice Seattle podcast is to explore people and places and stories, in order to help our listeners ex- experience a more fulfilling life here in Seattle. Um, learn about things they might not otherwise know about. So we're going to ask you a few quick hitters okay. here on North Seattle. I'm ready. Let's start with uh, some commute hacks. So you work right. downtown. I do. And you live in Lake City. <laughs> Uh, how do you, how do you get downtown and, and do that and keep your sanity? Yeah. Um, actually I barely use my car, to be honest. My car is a vehicle for me to go skiing. That's the reality. It's a Subaru Impreza and it got the ski rack on and I don't take it off because I rarely drive. Um, because I, I literally walk to the 522 or 312 every morning and I get off and my new office is literally across the street from my bus stop. Nice. So... Commute hacks in terms for me is like 
let's keep voting for I literally vote yes on every single levy on public transit in Seattle because I use the bus system and what's, I have a car and so I pay for that and I pay the, for the bus too. For our North Seattle listeners, what's the time down and time back? It's a great question. Um, so when I lived in Magnolia, it took me, my bus came every 30 minutes and it took me a, at least 30 minutes to get to work. Now my bus comes every five and it takes me 20 minutes to get to work. What? Mm. And on. I live in Lake City, right? I love King County Metro and Sound Transit. I think they're fantastic. Now their buses are packed in the morning, right? So that's where we could ease that. But um, but I think that I mean, that's it's an express bus. So as finding that express bus that's near your house that works for you is like the key to a beautiful commute. Because mm. I put on my headphones, I listen to music, I read, I catch up on politics and stuff like that. Maybe I write a little on the bus. And, and that's uh, that's what I love. And then I'm downtown. I can walk around downtown. I can do whatever I want there. Hop on the bus. I'm home. In terms of if I have to drive, you know, there's all sorts of like, okay, take this street, blah, blah, blah. If I'm going downtown, I've done it a lot just because, you know, like I'll have to meet with a client, so I'll drive downtown. I, I just take I-5. And it's actually, you know, it's slow and a slog, but it's faster than going any other way. Right? So you go Lake City to Lake I-5? Lake City to I-5. Okay. Right. Do you ever hop on the express lanes too? Or? Um, I do sometimes, but the exit that I get off it at is HOV only. And if I'm driving, ah, I, I know it's the right. worst. And I, that's why I try and take the bus as much as possible. The other hack that I've always loved, and I'm going to spoil the secret for myself, and some people know about it, but if I'm going to like... Queen Anne Ballard, Magnolia, which, you know, my parents live in Queen Anne, actually, so sometimes I go there, like last night. I'll hop off at 45th, and I don't I don't want to take 45th, right? right? So I there's that little jog, so you almost look like you're getting back on I-5, but you go straight off that exit mm. and go around the houses and turn right. Down and, by Lake Union? Uh, down by Lake Union. Yeah. So you pass the John Stanford School, and then right over there across yeah. the Fremont Bridge, and then you're there. And that's way quicker than going 45th yeah. because you don't have to deal with the stoplights. Um, so that's a good one. And then sometimes it's just better to go um, to go Northgate Way. So getting east-west, I've found Northgate Way is actually a really good option. Mm. Um, so Northgate Way, I'll go Holman and down 15th, and then you can take 15th into downtown um, if need be, but um, but the more you can find a good bus, that's that's your pack. Third's there. always a good one if you're over in Broadview, Bitter Lake area. Right. That can get you down to Ballard pretty quick, too. And, and also Greenwood is better than people think it will be mm. in the morning because mm. I don't think it's that packed. Because so most people like, are on Aurora. Right, yeah, right, yeah. and they miss Greenwood, and it's yeah. like, oh, it's, it's a good one. So, Makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Okay, what about uh, Hidden Gems of North Seattle, which we've talked about Hellbent. We've talked about Roosevelt Ale House. Right. I know that you have a standing Thursday night trivia. Wednesday night. Wednesday night trivia. So. So Roosevelt L House, let me just tell you about this place. It is it is fantastic. They um, the guy who owns it does the trivia. He's a software developer. He's a software engineer, so he doesn't actually manage it. I I, I don't think I don't know how exactly it works, but he does that during the day. But every Wednesday night, he's there and he runs trivia, and he is fantastic. His wife spends eight hours a week building the trivia questions. Wow. Oh, wow. And they never, they tr- well, I shouldn't say never, but they try not to repeat categories ever. And they've been doing this like eight or nine years. Wow. There's a group that has been going to trivia for like since they started. And there's two marriages out of that group. 
No Seriously. way. Like, it is a thing. Wow. So I love, and we go from, I go to Bethany Northeast, and we go to uh, that every first Wednesday of the month. So today, uh, we would go to Trivia. It starts at 8, I believe, goes from 8 to 10, and it's like, it's. I've been to a lot of Trivia. It's the best Trivia in Seattle. I'm just going to. Okay, Roosevelt. good to know. Um, so, And by the way, they used to be a nice restaurant, so their chef is like fantastic. So the food is really good. They have a fantastic happy hour as well. Yes, my, they do. Yes, and they it's kid-friendly too. It is kid-friendly. Which is and, great. Yeah, it's just like all around awesome. Yeah. Um, Maple Bar, uh, I figured this place out. They have an amazing brunch. And by the way, I love brunch. And I've been trying to figure out what's, like, the best Eggs Benedict in Seattle. Mm. Maple Bar, very, very good. Also, bottomless mimosas or Bloody Marys if you want. So, oh, bottomless. Yes. Bottomless. Now we're talking. $14. Okay. It was – I did this last week. It was great. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, just bring a friend to drive, you know, like, seriously. <laughs> um, so, uh, which is what I did. And then let's see. Uh, another one that's really good is uh, the Bryant Corner Cafe. Um, that's uh, again very good brunch. I was there this week. Uh, love that place. Um, uh, so there's that. Uh, I would say Toyota Sushi's very good. Um, uh, uh, Heaven Sent Fried Chicken up on Lake City Way right before you get into Shoreline. Mm. Oh, oh, oh man, they make some good spicy. Uh, uh, chicken strips or whatever and fried chicken. It's fantastic. Um, Favorite place to get a cup of coffee? Um, Javasti or uh, Cloud City. That's great. Yeah. yeah, we actually interviewed Jill Killen, uh, owner of Cloud City, right. uh, this last season. It's, it's a, a it's a good, good place, and it's like the town. I think you said this. It's like the town hall of of oh uh, my gosh. of Roosevelt. Totally. Like everybody's there, mm-hmm. right? And you always see somebody you know, and it's yeah, it's a great. I I need to hang out there more. Um, so it's a it's a fantastic fantastic. As a part of recording that episode, I w- we went and visited, mm-hmm. and I sat down before Tyler got there, and the guy next to me said, "Oh, you're sitting in Tom's seat." <laughs> <laughs> and he was joking, but no, he wasn't joking. You know, right. I, I was in Tom's seat. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, cool. Um, Okay, so as our cities exploded over the last several years, how has that impacted North Seattle? Yeah, I think that what you see is, you know, our city is exploding, and a lot of the talk is around South Lake Union and Queen Anne and Lower Queen Anne and Ballard and, you know, how do we build all these multifamily units and get as many people in here and charge people a crazy amount of money for that, right? Which has been happening. And it's good for people who have owned, you know, um, uh, for a while. Uh, but it's hard for people to live there. So what ends up happening is people get priced out of those types of neighborhoods and move to places like North Seattle. And I think that's who you see is, is truly middle class families, um, here in North Seattle. And I think that we're just enforcing that right now, mm. which I love as, you know, I'm, I'm single. I, you know, work downtown. Um, so I feel like I'm, you know, sometimes I feel like I should live in Ballard, right? Because I fit the young professional millennial type. But in reality, I like being around the, the more quiet, the families, the, um, uh, you know, it's just, it's kind of homey for mm-hmm. me. And I think that that's what we're reinforcing here. Now, as a result, we're going to need, you know, because we're pushing people out, 
Um, we're going to need more multifamily up here, right? Like that's just got to happen. We're going to need more low income. We're going to need, you know, to, to address um, some of those needs, our, our homeless population. That's going to, that will need to happen. Um, but I think that we are, we we're poised for that, but not at the boomy growth that Ballard and right. Queen Anne and South Lake Union have experienced, right? right. Um, and I will say this. I think another neighborhood that's similar in some ways, which is going to sound weird, is Magnolia, right? They've not had the boomy growth that, mm. that Ballard, Queen Anne, South Lake Union has quite. They're way more expensive than North Seattle is. Mm-hmm. And the difference is it's way harder. Again, I lived in Magnolia. It's way harder to get from Magnolia to anywhere because there's only three ways in or out. Mm-hmm. The thing that I love about North Seattle is that we haven't, we're kind of that neighborhood feel, mm. but it's easy to get in and out, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas in Magnolia, they're like, Or to hey, go north or right. to hop over to, you know, right. the east side. Yeah. And, and West Seattle is another example, you know? The people in West Seattle, I hear them say like, oh, bridge is closed, fine, don't come, you know, right? <laughs> Here, it's like we want – I feel like we want people to be here because it's a major – you know, we've got I-5, we've got Aurora, we've got Greenwood, we've got we've got 15th, we've got, uh, uh, we've got um, Lake City Way, right? We've got these major thoroughfares through here, right, that you want pe- – the people come through and – and you want that kind of culture. If Now, if we can get them to stop and, you know, enjoy the North Seattle culture, that's going to be huge, right? Cool. Yeah. Well, at the end of every episode, we like to ask our guests two questions. Okay. Um, the first one being, what is your hope for the city of Seattle yeah. going forward? And then the second one being, do you have any concerns for our city? Yeah. I think my hope is probably said by a lot of people, right? That we that Seattle can maintain its culture and maintain its beauty, yeah. but also uh, grow well, right? So what does that mean? It means managed growth, mm. right? Um, it means some growing pains, but it really means, you know, how do we regulate to make sure that we're not growing too crazily and too out of control mm. um, and that we can maintain that culture? Um, and then... What are the concerns that I have for Seattle? I think I'm concerned about our growing homeless population without an addressable solution. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, that concerns me, um, and I and you know we can't say, look, let's just close down homeless encampments. Well, okay, where are they going to go? Right? Like we got to mm-hmm. have a place for homeless people to go. Right? Yeah. And my solution is always let's just build housing, but that's a revenue problem. Um, and so, so I think that's going to be a, a huge issue. Um, I think the explosion of tech jobs is great, and it provides a, a smarter, uh, you know, very well-educated workforce. But also, it brings, um, it imports a lot of people quickly, and so you can upset the apple cart, upset the culture quickly if you're doing that too in a non-managed way, right? Um, and I think. I, I get concerned about now less concerns now that we've passed SD three, but infrastructure overall. Um, you know, I think again our revenue model is is hard for Seattle, and so we we you know we may not be able to manage that growth in an infrastructure way. Mm. Again, I think that SD three was a really really good move in that direction of actually you know investing in the future growth of Seattle, so that you know um, I, I study economics. You know, 
for businesses, what you want is to decrease transaction costs, right? And one of the biggest transaction costs is the time that it takes for people to drive from point A to point B. Hmm. So if we can decrease those transaction costs, then this is a business-friendly move, but it's also an environmentally friendly move, and it's a personally friendly move because I can take the light rail to the airport really quickly, right? Um, and so I feel like it's a win for everybody to do stuff like that. Mm. So more infrastructure that we can do is, is, is the big deal. So, That's um, great. so those are, uh, would be what I would say. Well, Nate, uh, we, we know you're busy and we want to give you, give you back your day. Uh, <laughs> but before we go, uh, where are some of the places that people can find your work and Sucedo's work? Yep. Um, yeah, so, um, my work, rnorthseattle.com, um, uh, is where our blog is. Uh, Sosito is Sosito, S-O-C-E-D-O dot com. Um, and that's where you can find our free trial, our blog. We write a lot about digital marketing. Um, our, you know, we're, we're actually looked at as kind of some leaders in the digital marketing space because we innovate ourselves on our marketing team and they're fantastic. Um, uh, you can find me on Twitter at NDLstrong. I was saying my my full name is Nathaniel David Luxon Strong. Can you tell I was bor- born on the East Coast? <laughs> nice. Uh, and, uh, and so that's NDLstrong. So that's my Twitter handle. Got it. Um, you can find me on Facebook. And then also uh, just you can email me, nate at natestrong.com is the nice. easiest way to do Excellent. that. Excellent. So, yeah. And uh, a quick announcement. So one thing that Nate and I have talked about uh, and have agreed upon is uh, I am going to be, this is Tyler, going to be <laughs> contributing uh, to our North Seattle, yep. um, hopefully regularly. Yep. Uh, we'll see what happens, but look out for that, which would be great. Is there a way on our North Seattle, if, if someone has a story idea or wants to be involved or kind of have a voice there too, that they can be in contact? Yeah, they should just email me at this point, and um, we'll have a better, more structured process for doing that, but we welcome people. And basically send me a writing sample and um, and kind of a proposal for what you want to do, and then we'll go from there. Hmm. That's kind of what we're looking at right now, so absolutely. Well, I think one of the things that stands out to me about you, Nate, is that you're an invested citizen of our city, and so I, we certainly appreciate that and um, want to have your contact info on our show notes. Um, it's, you said it was Deborah Juarez is the representative repre- yeah. mm-hmm. for your uh, District 5, and so we want to have that too for any of our listeners that also want to be involved and um, be advocates for, for that area. Yeah. So, thanks so much, man. Yeah, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Rise Seattle was produced and recorded by the very talented Brett Baird. A special thanks to Bravery Music for our intro and outro music. You can contact us and find all of the show notes and episodes on our website, Rise Seattle Podcast. You can also connect with us on social, Instagram and Twitter, at The Rise Seattle, and use hashtag Rise Seattle to be a part of the conversation. Please subscribe to our podcast and write us a very nice five-star review on iTunes. We would be grateful. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you in two weeks for our next episode.